Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and our being gathered together to him, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed, either by a spirit or a spoken word, or a letter seeming to be from us, to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And you know what is restraining him now, so that he may be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth, and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders, and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing, because they refused to love the truth and so be saved. Therefore God sends them a strong delusion, so that they may believe what is false, in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers. Welcome to another edition of The Sword and the Spirit, where we take a look at the issues of the day, both in and out of the church, via teaching and interviews. Our goal here is to stimulate thoughts and conversations that will lead to positive growth and action on the part of the listener. My prayer is that those who have an ear to hear will hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Welcome back to another edition of The Sword and the Spirit. I had released uh, this podcast uh, Sunday. This is Monday morning. I'm redoing it again because I had some technical difficulty. For some reason, some of the segments just were blank. There was just nothing there. So if you tried listening to it and didn't get anything, I apologize. And now I'm doing the, this is the remake here. And hopefully we'll get it right this time. The topic here, the scripture that was just read, the, the main scripture I wanted to focus on is, Wherefore God has sent them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie because they did not receive a love of the truth. And in a sense, this is a, a remix of the New Dark Age, which was my first podcast. And I want to add some other things to that. So I'm going to back up a little bit here at first, and then I'll go back and add on some of the other things that I think need to be said. Um, and this is actually a, probably be a part one. I'll probably do maybe a two or three parter. I'm not exactly sure. Um, but we'll see how it goes and how far I'm able to get. But what I wanted to say is that I'm... From the time I was a child, and I, I gave my heart to the Lord at 10, and started 
uh, really reading the Bible. I got my first Bible when I was actually 13 and started really reading it. And I remember reading the Bible and then looking at the church and seeing that some things weren't adding up. And some of it was because I didn't understand, and, and I've, I've grown to understand some things since then. Having said that, um, but I've always been concerned about the church, and, and you know, people say, oh, you're like this preacher or that preacher. No, I'm, I'm me. I've always been this way. I just gravitate to certain types of preachers that deal with issues in the church because that's always been my concern. And so, you know, like begets, like attracts like. So um, that's why I listen to those types of preachers. But that's that's just who I am as, as an individual. I've always been this way. Um, because it, to me, it's important. I, I, why do something if you're not going to do it properly? That That's what I don't get. If you're going to half step with it, then perhaps you shouldn't be doing it at all. That's that's my humble opinion. So I'm I'm concerned about the church. I'm concerned about the, the gospel because I want to see people really get saved and not waste time on things that don't matter. And it 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 it, it pains me. It's like somebody taking a knife in, in me and twisting it. When you visit church after church after church, and or you turn on the TV. And either you're listening to pure nonsense, you're watching people get involved in things that aren't going to really help them in terms of their salvation in the long run. You're watching unsaved people thinking that they're saved because they in, in this particular type of church. And you're listening to all this nonsense and you're saying to yourself, wow, is anybody left to preach the truth? Now, I've sat under some revivalists, and I've always been very interested in revival. I said, well, Lord, maybe the solution to this problem is a revival. And, you know, I've been seeking the Lord, praying for revival and all that. And I still do, and I probably will never stop, in, in because who knows what God will do, right? Having said that, the truth of the matter is, but here's one truth I do know it's, it's, it, that I discovered. And I remember listening to... Um, the Smart Christian Channel with Corey Miner. He did a a, a YouTube on um, on the Church of the Future. I think that's the one he was called. Episode, the, the, the podcast he did, Church of the Future. And he made a statement, and I agree with him. It's only going to get worse. It's the most ridiculous stuff. Um, if you want to see some of it, just go to his podcast, look up... Um, uh, the Church of the Future, and you and you you see some of the most ridiculous stuff. It's, it's called the Smart Christian Channel. While I'm here, let me just plug a few others. They're not paying me to do this. They don't even know I'm doing this. They probably don't even know who I am. But it's okay because I I my only concern is to get people to places where they can get some biblical teaching. And uh, one was the one I just mentioned, Corey Minor Smart Christian Channel. Uh, you got Seiko Woods BCV book, chapter, verse. Uh, they're all on YouTube. Uh, look up those names or the or the title of the podcast. Um, you also want to listen to uh, Sir Walter Jones. Excellent uh, podcaster. And also uh, Don Hill, who I had the privilege of interviewing here on one of my podcasts. You, you can look it up, a conversation with Don Hill. Uh, the Love Sick Scribe. Uh, uh, sister is an awesome researcher and good at communicating and very good communicator 
And so if you want good content and you want to stop listening to the nonsense, turn off your TV and listen to some of those podcasts I just mentioned. There are a few others, too, but I'll bring them up a little later on in another podcast. Because I, I don't want you to think it's not just me. You, you know, it's there are others who that are worth uh, paying attention to. Do we all agree on everything? No, we don't. But those things are non-essentials. But on the essentials, we agree. And that's what's most important. You're never going to get two people in a room to agree on anything. Husbands and wives may love each other dearly, but they don't always see eye to eye on every little thing, on every little point. So that, that's important to know. So having said that, here we go. The enemy seeks to infiltrate and corrupt the work of God. That's his tactic. That's one of his tactics. Uh, to infiltrate and to corrupt the word of God via uploading, a, sort of like he uploads a virus. And what do I mean by a virus? It could be a false ideology, a false belief, a practice, and he integrates it into the preaching and teaching uh, of, the, of the word of God in the church. And you see this from Genesis chapter, uh, the third chapter. It, it started in the garden. Um, actually started before then, but let's just deal with humanity. We know he was in heaven and he somehow he convinced the third of the angels to follow him. Listen to this. In Genesis 3, when the serpent comes to Eve, you can read it for yourself. Uh, I'm not going to read every scripture because for the sake of time, I don't want to drag this. Um, but I'm reading it for yourself. In Genesis 3, he, he does three things because God gave the instructions to Adam and Eve. You can eat of any tree of the garden, but that tree over there, don't eat it. He shows up to Eve. That's the first thing he does. He does. He picks the weakest link like all predators do, right? When predators are trying to chase down an animal to kill it, the one that can't keep up with the rest of the pack that's running or the one that's in the back, that's the one that gets taken down. And I don't know where Adam was at this particular point. I'm going to assume that he wasn't there. Some people, oh, Adam was right there. I don't know that. I don't necessarily buy that. I, and, and, and that's not really uh, germane anyway. Because either way, whether he was there or he wasn't there, it, things went south. So the first thing he did was he picks out the weakest one in the pack, which is the female. He went after her first. Okay. Uh, and then... He's, he, he questions God. He pretty, much, he pretty much accuses God of lying. He gets her to question God. Did God really say? You sure you got that right? Think about it a minute. And he said, well, God said we can't touch, eat that fruit, nor should we touch it. Then the devil drops his lie in there. Don't believe him. He's lying. In so many words. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but you, you get the gist of it. He said, you know, the truth is God doesn't want you to eat that because, number one, he's holding back something from you. And, number, and what he's holding back from you is that you shall be, your eyes will be open and you shall be as gods. You will be as God. You will be like him. And God doesn't want you to be his equal. You can be God. Now, pay attention to this. He offered Eve godhood. And that's what all these false teachings ultimately lead to. It leads to you becoming God. 
be very careful with that because now you got us little gods teaching running around out here. You are gods, little G. And it, that's how it starts out is little G, but eventually it becomes big G because we actually become God with some of this stuff that's being taught out here. In fact, you know, you go to Word of Faith and they're telling you since God spoke and created things, you can also speak and create things because we're little gods. See, it's always with the offer of elevating mankind to godhood. We are now gods. That's what he tells Eve. No, you can be like God. He doesn't want you to know. He doesn't want you to get the truth. You be like God. The third thing he does is he claims that there's some hidden truth and knowledge, esoteric, which you're going you know, to use that word a lot, esoteric or Gnostic, meaning hidden truth, unknown secret knowledge, whether it's Bible codes or getting some secret revelation. Beware when you're online and you see some, I have a new revelation from God. I've got the secret. I discovered this in the Bible. That Those types of things, you know. There's a secret code, and I figured out, that, you know, Jesus is going to come in 2030, and I know Daniel's 70th week. I figured it out. When people start telling you that kind of stuff by revelation, run. Turn it off and go watch something else. Go watch the Avengers movie or something, which will probably make more sense than sitting around watching that nonsense. But the devil claimed to have, so first he said God's lying, and then he claims to have some hidden knowledge that will elevate you to Godhood. Some secret. There's something in the Bible they're not telling you. They left books out of the Bible. Why are these books hidden and forgotten? Why is it not in there? See? We have forgotten ourselves. We were kings. We were gods at one point. Right? The Asiatic black man. Right? We're gods. You know, arm, arm, leg, leg, arm, head. You know, that kind of foolishness we will be throwing out here. You got I'm a, I'm 63, so I've heard all this stuff. Nonsense. And so, so we, we're gods. But this is what he does. He offers godhood. And he offers it by giving you some hidden secret knowledge, some revelation that nobody's noticed. Let's go find those books of the Bible they didn't add in. Let's go back here and get some hidden knowledge, the Holy Grail. Da Vinci codes. There are Bible codes, numerical sequences in the Bible. And when you put them together, you can find hidden secret truths. That's a work of Satan. It is a work of the devil. It's a lie. There are no Bible codes and no hidden secret messages in the Bible. It just says what it says. Read it and let it say what it says. There you go. That's it. Because these are the things that the devil promised Eve. And got us into this mess in the first place. And that's where we are right now in the church today. And we'll get into that a little bit later on. But if you go to a church and they don't, that Bible never gets open. And all you're getting is straight prophecy. Yea, I say unto thee this day, blap, 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 blap. And then giving you a word from God. And that's all you're getting. Run. Get out of there. You want to go to a church where they open up the Bible. That's a start. Now, some of them do some other crazy things with it, and we'll get to that later. But if there's no Bible in there, and it's all prophecy all the time, 24-7, and some new revelation, some new something, 
that was never before revealed. God didn't tell us about it a long time ago, but now in our time, he's revealed it. Then you need to get out of there. You need to run for your life. And from that day on, every time God plants wheat, the devil plants tares. Every time God throws out a truth, the devil tries to infiltrate and mix some other lie with the truth. You see, you just can't come with a blatant lie because if you come with a blatant lie, that's too obvious. There has to be enough truth. So it take you right to the edge and then right before you get to that truth, he slips the lie in so that you don't get to the truth. The devil will let you talk about everything in church, how to have a better marriage, how to build your business, how much God loves you, how much God cares about you. He will go through all of that. But what he won't tell you is repentance and faith in Christ. He won't bring you to that saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. This is why people grow up in church. I've been in church my whole life, and they think they're saved because they grew up in church. But they've never been born again. They've never had the rebirth. Which is what the Bible teaches, John 3.16. There you go, it's in there. Read it. So, what do we have today? We have a prosperity gospel. Seeker-friendly services. Sermons now are more, are, uh, pastors have become self-help gurus and treated as kings and rather than shepherds. Pastors have now become kings and they're not shepherds anymore. And the, the model of leadership in the Bible is, is, is that of a shepherd. That's why God chose David as king. God, David, Israel's greatest king, was a shepherd. Hmm, figure that out. When Christ was born, God didn't go to the palace and talk to the kings. He went to the shepherds who were watching their flocks by night. But we've made pastors into kings now. And, self, and they're nothing more than self-help gurus telling you how to be successful in whatever it is you're doing. But they're not pointing you to Christ. It's all about just do these 10 things and you'll be okay. Do these five things, you'll be all right. Here are seven ways to be better at this. Instead of simply saying, you know, your life is hid with God in Christ. Instead of pointing people to Jesus and to the cross, they're pointing you to, to look inward and to find within yourself the ability and hidden treasures that God has placed into you that you too can succeed. There are counterfeit revivals. And by counterfeit revivals, I mean, listen to some of the stuff that's going on in these so-called counterfeit, counterfeit revivals. People are getting angelic visits on a regular basis. Gold dust is falling from, the, from, the, from wherever it's falling from, which makes no sense to me. If gold dust is falling around me, wouldn't you collect it? Just get a broom, sweep it up and take it and, you know, melt it down, cash it in? I don't know. Fake miracles. And we'll talk about I talked about a little bit about that in the last podcast. Fake miracles. Uh, Christians being demon-possessed, which is impossible. Christians cannot be demon-possessed. Bible codes. Secret hidden codes of knowledge in the Bible. Out of the body travel. Now they're saying that 
I, I was translated, and they tried to do the, they tried to try to go to, to the, the the eighth chapter of Acts, where where uh, Philip was translated to talk to the Ethiopian eunuch. But their translation and their and God and the one that God did with in the eighth chapter is is not the same thing. Because their body is staying where it is, but their spirit is going somewhere else to go preach the gospel. That's not how uh, Philip was translated. He was translated meaning body, soul, spirit. The whole person was taken and moved to where he needed to be. He, there was not out-of-the-body experiences. And by the way, anybody tells you come out of their body and, and they went somewhere to preach, that's astral projection, which is forbidden in the Bible. So, yeah. And then, of course, the resurgence of the so-called apostles. You got chief apostles now and master prophets. And the level of misogyny towards women in a lot of some of these even doctrinally correct churches, how they're very misogynistic towards women, that women have no value. If a woman is battered and she's getting beat up by her husband and he's sexually abusing the children, you have to stay there like a missionary and suffer. That's the biggest bunch of crock. Sisters, if any of that's happening in your home, you save your children and yourself and get out of there. Call the police, have that joker arrested and prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Full stop, end of story. Take him down. No mercy. God has not called you to stay there and be anybody's punching bag or to let your children get abused. That's that's unacceptable. So this is what's going on in the church now. And, and this stuff is everywhere. And here's the sad part. There's nowhere to go. It's everywhere. I don't care what church you join, whose ministry you hook up with. The only thing you can do is try to minimize the, the, the level of crazy. That's about the best you can do. It seems like the whole church, at least here in the West, and we've and we, unfortunately, we spread this nonsense to Africa, and some of the African churches take it to a whole new level. These jokers go all the way in. Some of the crazy stuff I see going on on some of these videos on YouTube. Um... It's, it's, it's just insane. This is what's happening in the body of Christ today. Now, let me make this clear. You cannot, and you're not going to change this. And this is, the, this is why I'm doing this whole podcast on the strong delusion, because I came to a realization, and like I said, listening to Corey Minor, and I think he's correct. It's only going to get worse. The church, the future is going to get more weird and more bizarre. And the weirder and more bizarre it gets, the more people hear it, the more people they're going to attract and the crazier it's going to get. Because some of these people have found out there's money in religion and hallelujah, all I have to do is do some self-help teaching. Doesn't matter whether they come to Christ or not. And I will be living in the lap of luxury for the rest of my life. I'll be rich, you'll be poor. Some of these church services resemble an Amway uh, rally. You know, I've been to those things with Amway, and, and, and they're telling you, that they're, they're showing you all these gold members and how everybody's prospering, and, and they dangle the carrot on the stick like, you too can have this. And, but you never get it. You never get it. And that's what they do. You know, look at me. I'm prosperous. I, my house so big. I I can't. I I, I got to get a golf cart to drive from one end of the house to the other. We got to put in intercoms to call each other because 
you know, a house is just that big. And you too can have this if you give money to my ministry, you, you support me. Well, no, that's not going to happen. You know, there are people who support this podcast, and I thank God for them. But I'm not going to tell you no lie. Just because you give money to me doesn't mean you're going to get rich. It just means you're helping me out because you believe in what I'm doing. That's it. Period. Full stop. Now, is God going to do something miraculous for you? Well, he might. Then again, he might not. I don't know. I don't know. So this is the nonsense you have going on in the church out here today. It's 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 insane. It's absolutely insane. From this point on, and after Genesis 3, uh, verses 1 through 5, by the way, from that point on, throughout the Bible, the enemy has sought to thwart the work of God by mixing lies in with the truth, thus corrupting it in an attempt to derail God's work. But a side note, uh, I don't want to sound so like a Donald Downer. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. God's going to protect his elect. If you're among the elect of God, you'll be protected. Jesus said the deception would be so great that if it was possible, the very elect would be deceived. So if you're one of the elect and you're listening to this, take heart. God's going to protect you from it. From Genesis to Revelation, we see this. Uh, Israel was constantly, constantly backsliding and going after other gods, mixing their faith with other beliefs. Uh, they were building temples to foreign gods in, in the land. Um, you go through the book of Judges, and it's from captivity to, to deliverance. It's freedom, cap captivity, deliverance. Freedom, captivity, deliverance. All because of sin. And then they have to get into captivity and they get repent, God sends them a deliverer or a judge to get them out of the situation that they're in. Because, and but here's the root of the problem. If you read Judges, it says, and every man did what was right in his own eyes. They disregarded the words of God, the laws of God. God laid them out there for them. He said, this is what I need you to do. The, the, the covenant on Sinai, Deuteronomy 28, verses 1, all the way to 13 is blessings. And then from 13 to 68 is curses. As, as the, the curses are twice as long as, as the blessings. Okay? And Israel constantly disobeyed and they got themselves into trouble over and over and over again. All the way through scripture. Until Jesus finally shows up in the 23rd chapter of Matthew. And he, he, he cuts them loose. He says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, 23rd chapter of Matthew, about the last two or three verses. He says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who, how often I would have gathered you uh, as, a, as a hen under her, under, uh, gathers her chicks under her wings, but you would not, because you kill the prophets. You stone them to death. Every time God sends somebody to you, you end up killing them. Like Isaiah, they sawed him in, in half. Jeremiah, they put him in a pit. Micaiah, they threw him in prison because they didn't like the prophecy that they got. Those types of things. Uh, uh, side note, modern day prophets just doesn't happen to them. True prophets like John the Baptist get beheaded and sawn in half. Still want to be a prophet? I mean, a real one, because the fake ones, this is this will never happen to them. Having said that, that that's how I know there are no more prophets. They're, they're lying. These people are not prophets. 
but having said having said that this is what happens and so the prophets and the priests and the kings got corrupted and then they started doing the wrong things you know, after Solomon, I, you know, the kings go or fluctuate. The only few righteous kings in Israel's history, in the scriptures, if you read it. And even some of them uh, towards the end messed up. So, yeah. And and their greatest king, David, he, he even messed up. But one thing he didn't do, he didn't start going after false gods. He didn't mix his faith or anything else. That was just his lower nature led him into trouble, as was the case with Solomon. And then he started... But Solomon did start building temples of foreign gods to appease his wives. Bad idea, Solomon. Okay. But that's what the enemy does. And so throughout scripture, that happens. And then Jesus finally in the 23rd chapter of Matthew declares on Israel, you know, behold, your house is left you desolate. And you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. All these things shall come upon this generation. 70 AD, the Roman Empire sacked Jerusalem. And the, the Israeli diaspora occurred at that point. They were scattered across the world and did not reconstitute as a nation until 1948. But there's still some questions about that as well. But that's another podcast. But the devil has always sought to infiltrate, to dilute, to cut the church's power. And I think we're in a time now where we're so desperate to to grow the church. And, I, and I'm not against that. I, I want to see the church grow. I want to see souls get saved. I want to see churches full of people who are blood-washed and, 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 and serving God. But we can't do it to the point where we compromise our message just to say we have a lot of people in the building. Because our goal here, our message is to preach the gospel to every creature and uh, to disciple people. Well, just having them in the building and treating them nonsense is not discipling them. There are people who grew up their whole life in church and know very little about the Bible. They only think the only thing they know is how to shout, run around the church, scream. And talk about how I was blessed and I shout out at my shoes. That's all they know how to do. But you try to get into the scriptures and what they really know about it. They don't know. It's on a very surfacey thing. And they don't even know how to read the Bible properly. And so they'll read something and, and, and get them to testify. And it's pure nonsense. I'm like, what, what are you even talking about? That's not in the Bible. The Bible doesn't teach that. But what they do... They'll watch something on television and bring it to the church and regurgitate it in the church. That's one of the greatest ways that the devil infiltrates. And so he put all the all the crazies have the best and most popular shows on, on TV. And they teach that crazy nonsense. And then they bring that back to their church. And the poor pastor, he can't do nothing but capitulate to it. Because if he doesn't, then they're going to go somewhere else where they're teaching that nonsense. And... So compromises are made then with the word of God and we don't stand up and tell people the, the pure unadulterated truth that these things are lies. So this is what has happened. The enemy has infiltrated. He's infiltrated the church. Now why do people get deceived? How come people can't see the obvious? Because some of this stuff you, you sit back and you say, oh, obviously that can't be true. 
but people get duped. How does this happen? So in this segment, I'm going to talk about how to protect yourself. How do you keep yourself from being deceived, tricked, hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray? Quote El Haj Shabazz. <laughs> and to do that, this is where the remix comes in, because this is a little remix of my first podcast, The New Dark Age, and how did we get here? How did how did this darkness, how did this this nonsense, how does it find its way into the church, into the body of Christ? How does it find its way into our teaching? What 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 happened here? What, what what's wrong? Romans chapter one, verse sixteen to eighteen. That's how we got here. The Apostle Paul says in Romans 1, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Stop, full stop right there. According to Romans 1.16, the gospel is God's power for salvation. That's what I'm talking about, saints. The gospel is God's power for salvation. God did not inherit in the law of God. There's no power to save. The law only has power to condemn. Is there something wrong with the law? No, the law is spiritual, but it can only condemn because it, it can only tell us what we're not. So when I go through Genesis, and I go through Leviticus and Deuteronomy, and, and, and where the law of gods are written, when I go through those two books, all it tells me is I'm doomed. Man, you're jacked up. Because there's no way I'm going to keep this. Now, for those of you who think you can keep all the law and obey it, you know, I love when people tell me, oh, yeah, you got to keep, y'all don't keep, keeping the laws of God. I said, okay, you're keeping the laws of God? Yeah, okay. So when was the last time you made a sacrifice? Of an animal for your sins. How are you atoning for your sins? Because you got to make animal sacrifice. It has to be shedding of blood. How are you doing that? And then I get crickets. Listen. What people mean, and I asked another brother one time this question, and a uh, uh, Muslim brother, and I said, how do, how do you guys um, deal with sin in, in, in your faith? And he said, well, it's like a chalkboard. Let's say you... You got you draw a line down the middle. You got the bad things you've done. You got the good things you've done. So, if I do one bad thing, then you do two good things, and then when the end of your life, based on how much good you did, hopefully your good outweighs your bad, and you're good to go. I said, okay, that's fine. You know, I don't tell people how to have their religious systems. That's how they want to do it. That's that's the prerogative. But please don't bring that into Christianity because that's not how you. That's not how it works in, in the Christian faith. Uh, the Bible says in, in Adam all sin. Everybody has sinned in Adam. We all have. It's called federalism. Adam has a federal head so that what he does, his sin gets passed on to everyone. Now, we ratify his choices. Uh, choice to sin by our own sin. We just add to his, but we were already condemned. Let's see, when that baby's born, it has the Adamic nature, and the only thing he's going to, that child's going to do is sin. That's all he's going to do. 
You don't have to tell children to be sneaky and to and and to you know look this way and that way, and then they grab what you told them not to get. Right? It happens. It's, it's kind of built in. Doom from the womb. That's right. I said it. We're doomed from the womb. Now, if God can take Adam's sin and lay it upon all of humanity, then he can take the righteousness of Christ, who is the last Adam or the second Adam, and he'll take Christ's righteousness when I'm in Christ, and I'm when Christ becomes my, except Christ is Lord and Master, Christ becomes my federal head. So that means all the righteousness of Christ is passed on to me. So I'm no longer doomed. And a very easy salvation. This is better than works. Because really... You don't have to do anything. It's been done already. Just come to repentance and faith in Christ. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus Christ, that God has raised him from the dead, and you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, the Bible says you shall be saved. This is simple, people. John, John 1 says, To as many as received him, to them gave he power to become, the 112 says, As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. In the sixth chapter of John, it says, what shall we do that we can work the works of God? Jesus said, believe on the Son. Simple, easy. There's no work for you to do here. It's been done already. Christ has done the work himself. For some bizarre reason, we want to work our way into heaven. And I'm telling you, you're going to fail. You're going to go into outer darkness, and there will be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. That's all that's going to happen. You're not going to work your way into heaven. Stop it. Give it up. Let it go. Come to repentance of your sins and give your heart to Christ. Put your faith in Christ and in Christ alone for your salvation. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. What I'm just laying out here for you is the gospel. Now, there's two things that happens. We've heard it so much. You know, Billy Graham's done it to death. That we oh, cause that it? How long are we gonna stay there? Ain't there nothing else we gotta do, you know? And then somebody comes on with some fantastic teaching and you completely forget about being lost. And then you end up doing works for salvation. Okay, so this is what happens, saints. But God has invested his power in the gospel, which is what you just heard me give you. I just gave you the gospel in a nutshell. Now, let's say uh, I'm born, and let's say by the time I'm 20, I decide to do good works. I'm going to follow God. From now on, I'm going to do everything that's right. And let's say by some miracle, which won't happen, but let's say by, for some miracle, for the next uh, 60 years, you do everything right, and you die at the age of 80. Those 60 years of righteousness is not going to outweigh the 20 years of bad. You're still going to be in outer darkness, and there will be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. No amount of good, even if your good outweighs your bad, is going to get you into the kingdom of God. It doesn't work like that. Not going to happen. You yourself will find yourself in outer darkness. Okay, now, why is that? Because God requires righteousness not only a certain amount of time in your life, from day one, from the time you're born to the time you die, God requires that you live pure and holy all the way through, not making one simple mistake. That's what the law requires. Well, that just condemned the entire world. 
which is the whole point. God put the whole world under condemnation. He said, but he made an easy way out. He made an elevator and escalator. Stop climbing the mountain under your own strength and human energy. You're not going to produce God's righteousness that way. The righteousness that God requires comes by faith. How do I know? Well, let's read on. 116, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Verse 17, for herein is the righteousness of God revealed, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The righteousness or the quality of righteousness that God wants to produce in the believer's life can only come through faith. That's how you get it. Not by works, not by your energy. This is the message the devil doesn't want preaching the church. So he tells you how to prosper, how to get money, cast demons out of you. Um, they'll, they'll allow you to uh, get special words and prophetic words about how great you're going to be. You're going to shake kingdoms. You're going to rock the world. You're going to bring down the house and, and you're going to stand before kings and all. Okay, what if you do all of that? But what does it profit you if you do all that and lose your soul? At what cost? Because the one thing that was going to save your soul, the devil made sure you didn't hear it. That you didn't get it. And he refocused all your attention on nonsense. Jesus said, many will say to me in that day, in the fifth chapter, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not done many mighty works in your name? And then he will say to you, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Because you did all the external stuff and you did not surrender your life and your heart to Christ. And now you're doomed. And the devil's laughing all the way. What a bunch of suckers. Because the churches have stopped preaching the gospel. It's too boring Nobody wants to hear it. You know, stop telling me that I'm a sinner. Stop telling me I need to repent. I don't want to hear that garbage anymore. God is loving. God loves everybody. The guy wrote a book, Love Wins. And so in the end, everybody gets into the kingdom because God just loves everybody. Everything is wonderful and lovely. Flowers and pink elephants. And the devil has deceived us. So we're living our best life now. We're blabbing and grabbing. We're blessing and confessing. We're seeking after blessings. Bless me. Bless me. Keith Green wrote, it's all I ever hear. But no one aches, no one hurts, no, even, no one even sheds one prayer. One prayer. But bless me, Lord. That's all people had to talk about. Bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. Do this for me. You're, 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 this, this is your year. Your ship is coming in. This is your time right here, right now, today. This is your year. I remember that year that COVID-19 came. This is your year. Well, COVID-19 turned out to be the year from hell. 2020 did. And all them prophecies fell by the wayside. I don't see a bunch of lies. It don't tell you a lie. And by the way, I hear this every year. Every year, they keep, every year, every year it's the same thing. This is your year. This is your year. This is your year. This is your year. I've heard that over and over and over again. Every, every New Year's Day, Eve, you know, that's all we ever hear. From all these different preachers. And you turn on the TV. This is your year. This is your year. This is your year. This is it. This is it. God going to do something this year. This guy. 
Listen, stop it. Whether he does or not is not the point. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God and the salvation. For them is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. But the gospel reveals something else. It also reveals the wrath of God. For therein is the wrath of God revealed against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth. This is where the downward spiral comes. People look at the book of nature. The Bible says the heavens are telling the glory of God. The firmament shows his handiwork day unto day and night unto night. Other speech. There is no place on the earth where their voice is not heard. That's Psalms 19. In the opening section of Psalms 19, the first one is two, one and two. Yeah, that that that's what's going on there, saints. So in the next segment, we'll talk about the wrath of God. So let's talk a little bit about a little bit about the wrath of God in Romans, uh, still in Romans one, uh, the first chapter. It says this. There are four things that, that lead to the descent into madness. Number one is they suppress the truth. Number two, you reject the revelation of God in nature or whatever God has revealed to you, whether it's internal or externally, you reject it. Number three, you don't honor God as God. You don't give God his proper place in your life and, and exalt him as God. And number four, you're not thankful. Suppression of the truth, rejection of the truth, not honoring God and not being thankful. The results, you become futile in your thinking. And you end up possessing your, yourself to be wise. You become a fool. All the while thinking that you're clever. So suppression of the truth, rejection of the truth, not honoring God, neither being thankful. And then the result is futile in your thinking. Your heart becomes darkened. By the darkening of the heart, it means that you can't tell tr truth from lie anymore. You're easily tricked. You're upside, you're, your thinking goes upside down. You become a fool all the time thinking that you're wise. The next thing that happens is you exchange the truth of God for a lie. So instead of, so you had the truth of God and you gave that up and to receive lies, which ends up in idol worship. The worshiping of man, worshiping of this preacher or that preacher. You know, I, I have my favorite preacher preachers that I like, but I, I cannot and I will not worship them. They have clay feet. And when they're wrong, I, I look at it and I said, well, he's wrong on this point. Or that's not a good idea. I don't know why he or she said that. And I would hope you do the same thing for me. If I'm wrong, then just say, well, Don just went cuckoo there on that point or whatever. But you don't make people into idols but now we're in a situation where uh like i said the pastors have become kings now and and they 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 want to be served rather than serving the congregation jesus said, the grace among you shall be the servant but it's the reverse now and so people are after titles because they want to be high high up they want to be respected they want to be the chief seats in the synagogue, Jesus said in the 23rd chapter of Matthew, and it'd be called rabbi, rabbi, when people see you in the street, and people to give you respect and deference. We liked our titles. I'm apostle this, I'm bishop that, I'm prophet this, and somehow people are supposed to give me deference and, res and great respect because I have a particular title. 
in the church and you, people are supposed to bow to me and bow to my office and all look and so we've made idols out of these people to the point where they can do no wrong in some cases idol worship idolizing man worshiping man this is what happens now since you, you, you once you get in this condition of futile thinking having the heart darkened upside down thinking thinking that you're wise when you're actually a fool you and you exchange the truth of god for a lie and you go into idol worship god accelerates your descent into madness by letting their lust run amok wherefore god gave them over to their lust lust is not just sex it can be lust for power lust for money lust for prestige lust to be seen lust to be the guy who want to always be in the pulpit preaching and everybody can see me and god will hand you over to that take it god will accelerate the madness which ends up we could end up into homosexuality you could end up worshiping the creation rather than the creator you end up worshiping god created the church you end up worshiping the church god created the pastors but you end up worshiping the pastors and the leaders you end up worshiping these individuals instead of worshiping god people getting into ancestral bringing an ancestral worship into the church people uh want to bring uh worship of nature into the church and resulting in a, in a, in a host of sins and the greatest idolatry is idolatry of self exalting the self the individual and we live here in the west individual is a big thing in a, in, in the western world individuality we're not wearing no school uniforms i'm an individual i want to be different than everyone else that's why in the military, the first thing you do is they take your individuality because you have to fight as a unit. And individual doesn't work good when you're trying to fight as a unit as one person. The scripture we read earlier, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 8 to 12, that's what I want to emphasize here, but I did the whole chapter. It says, the coming of the of satan will be with all signs and lying wonders there are miracles they're, they're going to be real miracles the devil or the antichrist whoever this man of sin of lawlessness is going to be able to perform but the miracle is not a miracle to authenticate that guy individual in 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 the sense of he's a man of god the miracles, these miracles are designed to deceive, and God's going to allow it, not because the devil have power, but God's going to allow it. We'll see God is behind this. Lie, signs and lying wonders and all kinds of deceivableness to deceive people. Why? Because they did not receive the love of the truth. The way you protect yourself from deception is to love truth, to seek out truth. What's true? What's real? What is the Bible? And by truth, I mean sanctify them through thy truth. It's the 17th chapter of John says, sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. God's word is truth. So you got to get into the Bible. That's where you find truth. And you seek to learn the, the truths of God, not through some hidden codes. Just take it at face value. It says what it says. It teaches what it teaches.
That's how you protect yourself. So God will send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. God, not the devil. God, not the devil. God is going to send strong delusion so that people can believe a lie because they did not receive the love of the truth. That's why the Antichrist and the man of lawlessness is going to deceive and work lying wonders. There are miracles that are designed to deceive you. And if you go back, I did a, a, um, I did a podcast on, on the proliferation of prophets. And I tell you how to discern. And there's one part in there that says that if the prophet prophesies something and it comes to pass, but then he, he takes you towards other gods and takes you towards other things and away from the truths of, of God, He's a false prophet. And it says God allowed that miracle or that prophecy to come true just to test you to see whether or not you're going to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And so some of these quote-unquote so-called prophecies and miracles, some of them, yeah, they're real, but they're satanic, and it's designed to take you away from Christ. And that's how you know the difference. If it's not, if you don't hear no gospel and that Bible's never open, run, get out of there. I don't care how many miracles they work. I don't care if they raise the dead. Get out of there. So God hands them over to strong delusion that they should believe a lie. John three sixteen says this: For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world was condemned already. Past. So I told you before, doomed from the womb, you're condemned already. And this is the condemnation. Here it is. Light or truth has come into the world, which in this case is Christ. Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the life. So he's come into the world, and men have chosen darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. You get that? They're condemned because light has come into the world and they rejected the light. They rejected the truth. They rejected the life. Nah, man, that can't be true. That can't be true. Wherefore, God has given them over. Do you know the gospel is, 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 is counterintuitive? Because we always think we have to do something for salvation. I got to make, that's it. I got to do something, man. I got to make, I got to live right. I got to clean up what I messed up. I got to do something. You know, I have to live right. We'll talk about that a little later on. Living right is not going to save you. I, I can, I promise you that's not going to happen. Does that mean I can get saved and live wrong? No, because the person who saved won't live wrong. But we'll, like that's another podcast when we talk a little bit about sanctification and the work of God, the Holy Spirit, in the life of the believer. Faith without works is dead. Genuine saving faith is not faith and works that's saving you. That's not what that passage means. It means that genuine saving faith will produce good works. But let me make this clear. Saving faith will produce good works, but those works that, that faith produces has no merit towards your salvation because you're already saved because of faith. The good works are just a result of said faith, of transformation, of what God do does in, in the human life because of the work of God. So that's, that's how that goes. 
so that's how that's where that comes from. We're going to take a quick stroll here through the Old Testament. Um, and we're going to see a little bit about how how this actually works out. I mean, God gave us a, a, a real good glimpse of, of how this works. So we're going to take a quick look at that. Uh, there was a king, Ahab. He was the seventh king of Israel. and But he was wicked. And by this time, Israel was split in half. They had the northern kingdom, the southern kingdom. The southern kingdom was Judah and Benjamin. And in the northern kingdom was the other ten tribes. They had a, they had a rebellion, which I won't go into today because that's... Uh, I want to get to this particular uh, chapter here, which I'm looking up right now. So just give me a minute. Be patient. And let's see. I know the story, but I want to read it to you so you can hear it for yourself. Okay, let's go down here. Okay. Ahab, the king, was sitting down, and he decided he wanted to go up to Ramoth Gilead. To, uh, to go to war. And he, he so he calls Jehoshaphat and he says to him, doesn't Ramoth Gilead belong to us? And why do we sit here and not take it over? So Jehoshaphat says, listen, you know, we're still one people. So if you go to war, obviously I'm going to go to war with you. And so he decides, okay, um, but Jehoshaphat being a righteous king uh, he decided to inquire of the prophets before we go out and go to war before we start start fighting people out here let's find out if God even wants us to go to do that um, and so at that point um, Ahab calls in these prophets, but it was, it was a whole bunch of them. And they all prophesied lies. They told Ahab what he wanted to hear. Is what he ended up doing. And as a result of that, the wise king, the one that was righteous, see, see when you're righteous, you know the truth when you see it. That's another thing. And, uh, well, I'm just typing here. I'm trying to find that. Got to find this because I want to. I want you. To, I want you to read it to you and tell you exactly where it is. But yes. <clears throat> so. Uh, <clears throat> Those are a little dry. Just bear with me here. So he wanted to go up to Ramoth Gilead to go to war. And Ahab, I mean, and, and Jehoshaphat, after he listened to all the sycophants, he says, uh, isn't there a real prophet here that we can talk to? And Ahab said, there is a true prophet here. See, see, what, see what I'm saying? Ahab already knew the truth. He knew these guys were lying, and he knew there was a real prophet. He says, there is one other guy. His name is Micaiah. And, but I don't like him because he never says anything good about me. Um... And so at that point, 
Jehoshaphat said, please don't let the king say so. Jehoshaphat even warned, please don't say those things about, about, uh, about the prophet. I believe in Second Chronicles two, Second uh, Chronicles chapter eighteen, verse three. Here it is. Thank you, Jesus. Second Chronicles chapter eighteen, verse three. Ahab, king of Israel, said to Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, "Will you go up with me to Ramoth Gilead?" He answered, "I am as you are, and my people as your people. We will be with you in war." But Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, meaning Ahab, "Inquire first for the word of the Lord." So Israel, king of Israel, gathered the prophets together, 400 men, 400 sycophants. That's what they were, 400 sycophants. And said to him, shall we go to battle against Ramoth Gilead, or shall I refrain? And they said, go up, for God will give it into the hand of the king. But Jehoshaphat said, is there not here another prophet of the Lord for whom we may inquire? Even Jehoshaphat knew these people were lying. He's like, yeah, can you get me a real prophet? Because these boys are just sycophants. They're going to tell you what you want to hear. And so Ahab said to Jehoshaphat, there is yet one man, it's always one, right? By whom we may inquire of the Lord, Micaiah, the son of Imla. But I hate him. He never prophesies good concerning me, but always evil. What do you, well, what do you want? You want the truth or a lie? You want the doctor to say you don't have cancer, knowing that you're going to die from cancer? You want the doctor to tell you a lie? As painful as it is, you prefer the doctor to just tell you what's really going on. How much time I got left, Doc? What's going on here? Is there any cure? Can you do anything? No, we can't help you. That's better than lying to you because the, the hospital is going to get sued. If they send you home and say, oh, you're all right, and then you die the next day, and the doctor knew you were going to die the next day, didn't say anything, there's a lawsuit, right? But Ahab didn't like the truth. If this is a man, Ahab, I want you to see this. He knew the truth. And he rejected the truth, and he just rather listened to sycophants and people telling him what he wants to hear. Beware of people that are always telling you what you want to hear. Beware of prophets when they come to you, and it's always great and wonderful and mighty. They're holding you back. That church you were at before doesn't want you to grow. They're trying to keep you down. But now you're in a new place, and God's going to do some new things with you, and, and God has released you from them, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Nonsense. Verse 8, then, then the king of Israel summoned an officer, bringing me quickly Micah, the son of Imla. Now the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, they put on their robes and they sit there and they do their little kingly thing. And verse 10, here comes Zedekiah, one of the false prophets, Zedekiah, the son of Chenana, made for himself horns of iron and said, look, even, he even had props. They bring with him horns of iron and said, Thus says the Lord, with these you shall push the Syrians until they are destroyed. And all the prophets I, all the prophets prophesied so and said, Go up to Ramoth Gilead and triumph. The Lord will give it into the hand of the king. Now the messenger gets to Micaiah and he said, Listen to Micaiah. The words of the prophets with one accord are favorable to the king. Let your word be like one of them and speak favorably. So he's telling Micaiah, if you know what's good for you, you better tell Ahab what he wants to hear. But here's this, but Micaiah is a real prophet. Verse 13, here's what a real prophet says. As the Lord lives, what my God says, that will I speak. And when he had come to the king, the king said to him, Micaiah, shall we go up to Ramoth Gilead to battle or shall I refrain? Look what Micaiah does. And he answered, go up and triumph. 
they will be given into your hand. I thought he said he was going to say what God told him to say. Actually, he is saying what God told him to say. But you'll see that in a minute. But the king said to him, how many times shall I make you swear that you speak to me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? So Ahab already knew it was the opposite of what he was saying. But Ahab is a man who is rejecting truth. This is what happens when you reject truth. Even though the truth is plain in front of your face, you still reject it. And you still want to hear what you want to hear. Even though you know what you're hearing is nonsense. Verse 16. Now, God's going to pull back the curtain and let us see how, how this strong delusion works. And he said, all right, I'll tell you what God showed me. I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep. They have no shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no master. Let each return to his home in peace. And the king of Israel says to Jehoshaphat, I knew it. Did I not tell you that he would not prophesy good concerning me, but evil? And Micah said, therefore, hear the word of the Lord. Now, God's going to pull back the curtain. Let's look and see what happened in heaven. Because Micah is doing, even when he told him to go up, he's doing exactly what God told him to do before he handed them the other part of it. Look at this. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the hosts of heaven standing on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, who will entice Ahab, the king of Israel, that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? Because God said, I want to destroy him at Ramoth Gilead. How am I going to get him up there? And one said one thing and another said another. Then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord saying, I will entice him. And the Lord said to him, by what means? How are you going to get him to go up there? Listen to this. Says, Listen real carefully. And he said, I will go out and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of, the pro of all his prophets. And he said, you are to entice him and you shall succeed. Go out now and do so. Then Micaiah goes back to, to, to Ahab. He says, listen, now, therefore, look, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of, you, of these, your prophets. The Lord has declared disaster concerning you. Then Zedekiah, the son of Chenana, came near and struck Micaiah on the cheek, slapped him. See, this is, what it, this is what it means to be a real prophet. You get slapped on the cheek and said, which way did the spirit of the Lord go from me to speak to you? I have the spirit of God, too. And Micaiah said, Behold, you shall see on that day when you go into an inner chamber to hide yourself. And the king of Israel said, Seize Micaiah and take him back to Ammon. And they put him in prison for telling him what God has said. It costs people to tell people, tell the truth. It costs. I lose listeners all the time. I don't have a lot as it is, and I lose people because of telling the truth. It happens. But guess what? The truth is still going to be told here. If only two people listen to me, so be it. We're going to tell the truth here on this podcast. This is what happens when you reject truth. This is how we get here. People have itching ears. The Bible says in Timothy, the time will come when they will not be able to handle sound doctrine we don't want no more doctrine people don't want no more doctrine that's why they jettison the hymns because the hymns are loaded with doctrine and they want to sing these quick little ditty songs i think chuck swindoll called them 7-eleven songs seven words you sing 11 times over and over again that have no content they're not saying anything and i'm not against new songs but write songs that that say something because it, Contained in the hymns is the gospel, 
and the great truths of salvation. You can hear the whole gospel preached in some of these hymns. But the new songs, there is no gospel. It's all man-centered. It's all about me and getting blessed and what God did for me. And God saved me. God favored me. God liked me. God did this for me, me, me. And no transforming work of the gospel. Nothing about how you were sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. Very deeply staying within, sinking to rise no more. How the master of the seas heard your despairing cry and from the waters lifted you. Now safe are you. Are you. Come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy ever, never ceasing. The great truths of the gospel are, in, are laying in the hymns. So the devil has successfully jettisoned the hymns, got rid of that. And now he successfully got rid of the gospel. Because we cannot endure sound doctrine, but we found teachers who will tell us what we want to hear. Not what God wants us to hear, what we want to hear. You've got your 300 prophets now telling you everything's going to be all right. Wow, what a mess. Well, thank you for listening to this podcast today. Thanks to all those who support this podcast. Either by just listening or financially as well. Praise God. Thank God for you. What I want to do now, this is just part one. There will be more coming up, God willing, next week or sometime during the week when I get an opportunity. This is just part one of the Great Delusion. Eventually, we will have Kathleen Gulp. <coughs> wrote the book Phoenix Rising Birthing the Strong Delusion and I'll be interviewing her as well and some other people interviews coming on but I'm really going to hit this thing hard on the strong delusion because like I said I love God and I love his people and it just pains me to see so many people tricked by nonsense and um, people who have to sit in church service after church service and and not hear the gospel thank god i'm blessed because i go to a church where the gospel is preached but people up here aren't that fortunate and they don't live in new jersey new york area so they can't get here um but you find a little bit of this nonsense everywhere you go and so you're really gonna have to pray and ask god to guide you to the right place where the gospel is taught and preached and where you can ask questions. If you, if you go to a church and you're asking questions, they don't want to answer your questions. Or they become combative because you're asking. I'm talking about honest questions now, not questions that, not where you're just going there to be argumentative, but you're trying to get an understanding. And they can't at least give you an understanding. What I do a lot of times, I don't even give my position on anything. I just ask questions to see where they're at. And rather than argue with them, I just see if it lines up with the scriptures. If it doesn't, then they, just, they won't see me again. Um... But thank you for listening. And if you want to connect with me, rhyd12001 at gmail.com. Or you can reach me on Facebook. Uh, 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 just look up for the Sword and the Spirit on Facebook. And you can reach out to me there as well. And I also have a, a, a Twitter account, which I can... Uh, which I can... I, when I pull it up here, I'll, I'll give it to you. But again... Um, thank you for listening and 
and hopefully you'll be around for part two and we'll grow together we'll learn some things we'll create some conversations um, so that certain things are going to be challenged and, and, um, and we need to have more conversations in the church anyway which is sad that we don't but I, like I said thank you all for listening and God bless you and I'll see you next time God willing on the sword and the spirit Thank you.